0: Hi, this is Karina Gantis, host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen. I'm your host, Karina Gantis. It is still Napopomo, so we are doing, well, I am doing a recording and editing and posting and promo for a podcast every day of the month through the month of November and we are what are we today anyway 22nd 21st 21st so we haven't got long left and and this is really cool and it's going really well and yay make sure you go on to Apple everyone who's listening and leave a review I think that's the only place you can leave a review I am your host Karina Gantus I'm an award-winning author of 14 books an award-winning filmmaker I'm a podcaster YouTuber booktuber I host the authorist's show on the artist first radio network and I also run Author Assist which helps authors everything to do with marketing, promotion, brainstorming an idea right through to the end. Uh, My guest today is Rachel Bruin. Welcome to the show Rachel. Thank you for having me. Another lady that I know quite well through the writing Uh, community on uh, Facebook. We've been on panels nearly once a week. Um, But again, just like my guest yesterday, I know her as uh, someone to talk to and about the writing craft, but I don't know her as an author. So we're going to get to know her. So the first question I ask my guests is, what do you use your pen for?
1: Uh, Writing down notes of stories that come to me yeah because that is I do most of my actual writing writing on the keyboard so I literally use my pen when I am out and about collecting up all of the ideas that float to the top when I'm doing things like chores or taking the kids to their activities and uh I, I would say I have more than one pen. I have many different colours because I love writing in many different colours. And I
0: uh, yeah. love the variety. <laughs> I have one of those pens with the many different colours. You flick on it yes. and you, yeah, yeah, I love changing my ink as well. So everywhere you go, you've always got a pattern pen. So if anyone finds you in the street and they'll say to you, we've you got a pad and pen so I can write a little note. You say, yes, of course. And you'd whip it out your handbag. Oh yes, yes, yes. There you I go. I would have
1: more than one. Actually. I think
0: it's it's part of the uh, equipment every author, at least every every writer, every author should carry. Um, this is a a podcast for all creatives, and um, I'm going to repeat myself like I do every podcast, and I know you all hate that, but I have to say it. When you're creative, it's never one thing. You've always got something a passion behind that you've maybe played around with, but you've concentrated more on one type. With me, it's writing and singing, maybe some art. With you, I know it's writing, but what else? What's your hidden talent?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't know if I really hide any of my talents Uh, with social media. I'm like, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, but uh, in addition to writing, I also really enjoy um, crafting. So I enjoy knitting, sewing, a little bit of crochet, um, anything that I can dabble in. Um, I also really enjoy theater. Oh. And there's been, yes, uh, there's been times where I've just been in the throes of a writing slump, if not an outright writing block. And doing some sort of theatre project where I get to take on another character and inhabit another character has really just um, helped me break out of that because it is creative and you're – Really is. Yeah. Um, I also like playing music. Um, When you say playing
0: music, you mean listening to music or playing? uh, playing
1: So like I will listen I love listening to blues. I'm into blues lately just like especially guitar blues. I just love mm. it. Um and I also play guitar, um a bass, a little bit of piano, um and I sing. And so- wow, you you are a
0: lady with so many hats, and I never knew. The acting really blew me away. I would never have, have put you on the stage. That is that is fantastic. But I've I've done that. I've I used to do community theatre. I think when mm-hmm. you're a singer as well, um, you have that artistic. Um, you just want to get it out, whether you sing or you act. You just have to. Uh, it's different when you draw in or when you're, when you're doing crochet, but when you're singing or acting, you just express yourself. Everything comes out into it.
1: Yes. And it, it does take, I think, a little bit of a switch in mindset because when you're like, say when you're writing, you're creating these worlds, but they're all going onto the page. And so like a lot of times I can't even write around other people. Mm. Um, It's very, very hard for me. But when you're singing or performing in any sort of way, you have, to, you have to open up and you have to, for me anyway, draw on a little bit of courage <laughs> to get up there in front of people, whether it's like, like you said, community theater, whether it's an open mic night or um, with the Society for Creative Anachronism. I've done some um, work there, especially with my friend, Lara Katina, who is um runs a commedia dell'arte troupe
0: oh wow
1: and, yeah it's it's so crazy and it's so amazing and to me there's just something about being around people who have all these different creative things that i find very motivating um and then when i like i said and then then I get a little peopled out and I got to come back and come back into my shell and, and write on my computer. But yeah, I, I like having all of those things available.
0: See, I would over- never, I would never have seen you as that person being so out there and, and giving it all and, and singing and acting and comedy. And I just, I just see you as the the writer. I mean, you spend so much time writing as well as editing how do you find time to do everything else?
1: Uh, I neglect you got kids? household chores. I do have kids. Yes. Uh, I neglect household chores quite often. Um, and I constantly am going, I think a little off course with my time management and mm-hmm. having to get back to something that's a little more realistic. Um, and that's just an ongoing process uh like for instance a couple like baby maybe, maybe a month ago I thought to myself you know I really don't like the fact that I'm working in evenings and I wanted like I always want to be that person who's hustling all the time and doing stuff all the time and I realized that um, what it was happening though, was that the kids would come home from school and then instead of spending time with them, taking them to their activities or spending time with them with talking about school or, you know, just being present, I was on my phone all of the time, answering emails, um, thinking about all the things that I had to do. And so there was a boundary that I had to set. And so, like I said, sometimes it means that I don't get as much work done as some of my colleagues even though I do, um, you know, even though that's my primary job right now.
0: Well, this is what I was just about to say, that people that don't know you, as well as doing all of those things, plus writing, being a published writer and editing, you also have a a normal job. I mean, and and your job, it's not that um, uh, relaxing, if you don't mind me saying it that way. I, I can't imagine it being anything but relaxing. But if you want to tell people what you do, um,
1: so that, well, I mean, that's, that's, that's basically what I do is, um, writing freelance editing, uh, the army reserve one week a month. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's a little bit more than one week in a month. Like I just got an email from my unit going, Hey, um, that thing that was going to happen, did that happen? And I'm just like, Oh, Oh darn, I better go check on that. So, yeah, so that's, that's, but then also being a full-time stay-at-home mom, household manager, like keeping the the keeper of the schedule and the budget and all of those things um yeah that's like i said there's a reason why i have to keep coming back to my time management yeah
0: my god i thought i thought i had my hands full with everything that i deal with jeez woman so so let's (laughs) um (laughs) i'd I'd make you sing right now but i won't do that to you because i know you've got sinus problems we'll use that as a good excuse um let's go to your writing um what was the first thing you ever got published? Oh wow um, i think
1: I think it was in eighth grade the literary no, not eighth grade uh high school, the high school literary magazine. um I had a short story published and the, it was a long short story at least for a, a high school literary magazine and one of my friends who worked on it was joking on me that they and this was the 90s so it was like they had to type in the submissions into the computer they were using the oh, layout
0: for gosh.
1: and one of my friends made a joke they were gonna get t-shirts that say I survived
0: Rachel's story because <laughs> it was so long compared to what they were normally typing into the computer oh that was cool how did you feel about that when you saw your name in print
1: oh, I was addicted I was like this is not going to be the last time this that
0: happened. was it I, that started it all it was
1: fantastic and it was it was not just like seeing it in print it was knowing that the story had that had an impact like had an emotional impact on people um and I just, I was like, this is great. And I want to do this because I love to read. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll read anything. I mean, I'll read somebody's t-shirt if they stay still long enough. But it, you know, reading from a young age meant that for a long time, what I was reading was so much better than what I was writing. And when I finally started to get published and to get those credits, like it was a good feeling because I'm like, oh, I'm getting there. I'm going to get there, you know? So.
0: It's, uh, yeah, I mean, when, when you're published, that that's that t- just gives you the, the confidence um, to, to keep going. And it just makes you feel competent that you're able to do that. If someone's willing to to pay money to publish your work, then that means you can, you're good you've got to be good for them to pay money for it so I mean if that's not an incentive or anything to boost up your confidence I don't know what isn't so what about your first novel what was your first book you ever got published or short story collection like some people do
1: so my first um so in between the fiction writing um, I went to, into the army reserve and that was in late 2001 and I went in as an as a military journalist yeah so, yeah, so there I have a I have a ton if you if you google Rachel Brune sergeant army um, you'll see sergeant
0: oh wow I'm honored
1: wow um, well it was uh, it was I, I went and, I joined the army reserve and you could choose in in the army, you can choose your job as an enlisted person. And so I was looking through all the different things that were available and military journalist and public affairs specialist popped up. And I said, well, that sounds pretty cool. Um, And so that's what I did for five years before I went to ROTC um, and then became a commissioned officer. I, I wrote stories, I put together troop papers, um, I marketed stories, I edited other people's stories. Did you enjoy so it, like, it? Oh, I loved it, it was great. Oh. The job was great. <laughs> Being a, an E5 on an entire brigade staff, that was maybe a little less exciting. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. It, was, it was a great job. I mean, I got to, to travel and talk to people I learned so many interesting things about uh, people in the military and their jobs and what they did before they joined and the places that they had come from. It really was almost a primer in how to write interesting characters Mm. in in a short amount of time because you don't have a lot of space in a news article to describe who somebody is. You have to, you know convey who they are in like maybe a sentence or two yeah Um, so it was really good training for eventually going on and um writing and then the the first book was actually a self-published
0: don't laugh about that we all we're all indies or some of (laughs) us were but yeah nothing wrong with that as long as it wasn't a vanity press and you got burnt like i did
1: no um and and that was actually it, it was really interesting because I published soft target in I think 2010, 2011, and I had been querying it out, querying it out. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the re, um, rejections that I got kind of flipped a light switch on. It said, this is a good book and I like the concept, but there are so many books about terrorism in New York city and I just won't be able to sell it. Like the market's saturated. And that was terrific feedback because. Really? Was- yeah. And so that's what led me to say, well, you know what? I like this book. It was um, the main character was an army reservist. I was like, A oh, really I really want to. You know, we right? say
0: your first book, you write about what you know. And you certainly did. <laughs>
1: right. Um, and so it, I did, I, I I hired somebody to do the cover, I hired an editor, um, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I did do those two things first. And I just kind of lucked into um, setting that up in somewhat the right way. It's, I mean, I wouldn't say it made me a millionaire. And after I did that all myself, I thought to myself, you know, I kind of don't wanna always be an indie publisher. I think that I want to explore continuing to query with other publishers, Um, but it, it was a great experience. And I definitely recommend to people that if they have a project that doesn't quite fit, or if you keep getting really great feedback, like, hey, this is a great story. You're definitely the right author for this project. The writing is great. We just can't sell it. Then yeah, indie publishing is there, because you can find a way to market your work because you know it best. Don't
0: you, know? you think though in this day and age that we're better off being independent publishers, independent writers, authors, rather than going into a contract even with a, a, a medium-sized press? Um,
1: I think it depends on the author and the project. Um, I think that, so for instance, my collection of short stories, I published myself for a variety of reasons. One is because it's hard to sell short story collections.
0: It really um, is.
1: It's so hard. It's a hard sell. It, it will, yeah, but I, I, I love to read them. Um, and I have a little bit of a platform nowadays that I could share. Um, and I know that's the sort of thing at a convention that i could pitch to somebody and say hey these are you know i'm the author and here you know and that's actually where i've made most of my sales of that book do i now do i think that it's the right path for everybody maybe not um so for instance i have a series under contract with
0: falstaff books Mm -hmm. i've heard that name quite a few times (laughs) right
1: and one of the reasons that I was like, this project, which is a, a series of novels about a werewolf secret agent who's trying to find his place in the world. Um, What's his Rick, name? Uh, Rick Keller. Rick Keller.
0: Werewolf yes. love it.
1: <laughs> so for me, I'm like, okay, I really, I really like this character. I really like this series. Um, and I wanted to relaunch it myself. But I realized that there's some stuff that I don't know as much about in in the world of publishing mm-hmm. that um, John Hartness, the publisher at Falstaff, knows. So for me, I was like, okay, if I can sell this series to John, and when he offered to, to put it under contract, the reason I said yes was because he knows more than I do at this moment. He goes to more conventions than I do.
0: And he is a better salesperson. He's so good oh, with his authors. For for right? you know, I've I've heard of uh, nightmare stories with publishers, but I've heard of nothing but praise for uh, John and um, the other the lady who who's with you as well. But I know many authors that are with uh, what's it called again? Flagstaff. Well, Flagstaff. So so, how many books um, is in this series? It's a five book series. Wow. Yep. Um, three and a half of which are written at the moment. Written but not published yet. Are they taking the whole thing, wait until it's ready?
1: Um, I'm not quite sure. I think that they're going to, I think the first one is coming out rather soon. Oh. Um, yep. And then the the third book originally was a novella and I am now expanding it because the reason it was a novella was I decided to skip the mid the hard middle part <laughs> and just write the beginning and the ending
0: no you can't do that and as a writer you should know that <laughs> I know. you take out the heart of the story you know what have you got
1: left bones <laughs> yeah it, it was it was a very fast fast read And um, in order to make the rest of the series work, I'm now going back in reworking it, um, developing some of the characters that were just kind of like sketches before. Mm. Um, So, yeah, and then the last book is plotted um, with like a general outline of X, Y, Z, and then it'll be done.
0: So, I mean, the, the question: Are you a pantser or a plotter? It sounds to me like you are a plotter. Yes. How um, how um how manic are you? <laughs> not not
1: super manic. Um, I will tend to spend a lot of time in my head before sitting down to write, and a lot of that time in my head is where I think the pantsers spend when they're sitting at the computer yep um so i'll i'll be like washing the dishes or going for a run or working on another project and i'll be like oh yeah that's a good idea for a scene and i'll write it down yeah Um, or oh hey like a character that was already in the book um uh, an idea i was i was actually scrolling through social media and i saw a, a meme and i thought oh that would actually be really good for that character okay so the backstory suddenly went from like this little short little blurb to okay this is what's happening this is why she hates the the main character and this is where we're
0: isn't it amazing where we get our inspiration from uh, anything and everywhere just it clicks it just so you're working on this series because you're contracted but I'm sure you've got something on the side as well oh yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> so many things oh my gosh um, so at the moment i have i finished my thesis novel for my mfa in october and i am currently waiting for the professor who was my thesis advisor um, to send the edit letter that i will then use to revise it um, and start querying that I also have another full-length novel that needs a pretty significant edit before I'm ready to start sending that one out. And those are the two projects that I'll be tackling next. Mm. But I also have a large, long list Of all of the other things that I want to get to—short stories, screenplays, other
0: novel series—screenplays. I would love to be able to write a screenplay. It would save so much money and so much looking around for a a writer if I could write a screenplay. But they're just—it's a totally different ball game when it comes to writing novels, short stories, to writing a screenplay. We can, we can um, describe the emotions and everything that the characters feeling but on screen you can't it's gotta come out on, uh, from from dialogue from action yeah it's uh, it's a challenge um, and it's
1: so it's actually funny I majored in film as an undergrad I oh went to, yeah. <laughs> I went to there's another uh, one <laughs> right? Um, And that was where I really found my enjoyment was in the directing classes and in the screenwriting classes. And I took, uh, when I found out that you could take a class more than once and get credit twice for it, I took a short screenplay class with a professor, uh, Paul Thompson, that I really admired and really enjoyed. And then I had a full-length screenwriting class that I took twice with um, Professor Ezra Sachs. Because again, really enjoyed their teaching style and they had a lot to share. So I thought, okay, I'm going to graduate college and I'm going to get a job working. I had a job working like three days a week for some Hollywood director doing something else, whatever, I forget it was 20 years ago. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I thought I was like, I'm going to write screenplays and I'm going to submit them to agents until I get there. And then, about a year after I graduated, nine eleven happened and then my life oh, was a completely yeah. different direction yeah, but I still enjoy I still enjoy doing it,
0: so you um, do know how to write a screenplay after those two courses I should think you do
1: yes, um, I will say that it has been maybe six years since I wrote one bit rusty a little bit, but mm. it's Also, like if you've ever written a sonnet, um, you might have to go look up, you know, what's, what's how many lines does an Italian, does a Petrarchan sonnet have? But it's right there. And once you get back into it, it's it's not gonna maybe be easy, but it's not gonna be as intimidating, especially because screenplays are so structured. Like if you get a book on screen, like if you get a book on writing, um, there might be a part on structure but it will also if it's a good book talk about story and character and this and that. Of course. And, right. Screenwriting is so structured at least in my experience. 3 acts. It's it's a it's a scaffold and then you you still have to do all that character development plot development etc cetera, etc. Cetera, but it it's got a scaffold that you can work with as you're building that screenplay around the scaffold.
0: I tried one. I mean, so I had someone ready to write a screenplay of one of my novels, Lawless Justice. And he said, right, I want you to do what we call a one page, which is, yeah, you know what that is. <laughs> and I was like, OK, that sounds easy enough. Not. It's 70,000 worded novel. Um, three paragraphs, start, middle and end describing what's happening and I couldn't pass it I couldn't even get through that and I had someone there waiting all he wanted was that and I couldn't even do that how do you put a 70,000 worded novel into three paragraphs
1: I think that's one of the reasons why movie adaptations of novels are often unsatisfactory um, I, nine times out of 10, I will prefer to watch a television show based on a novel or a novel series because you have a little bit more time to explore.
0: Mm. Um,
1: I really enjoy mo- like movies that are made out of short stories like, um, oh gosh, the, the example that I'm, th- uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? which became Blade Runner. Um, that was a short story, made a fantastic movie. Didn't it?
0: Cult it was, classic. Yes. Short story oh. made into a, a feature film. And there's an idea. Hmm. Well, you, you and me, we have to talk more on this. Um, yeah. But um, where can uh, people find your books that are published now? Where are you? So
1: um, I am on Amazon. Uh, both Amazon and Kindle Unlimited. So if you have a KU subscription, um, <laughs> I know. Um, but at the same time it's a, it's a, an easy way for people to take a taste of it. But if you are looking for maybe a non-bezo supporting method, you can also get it off of bookshop.org. Um just Google my name or search my name Rachel A. Brune. Um, and I have the collection of short stories I have a book of three steampunk novelettes
0: oh wow we didn't even get to that <laughs> <laughs> you and Bob need to to get together you know he writes steampunk.
1: yes yes indeed
0: <laughs> um
1: but yeah but you can also find me online at um www.infamous-scribbler.com <laughs> Um, and also on Insta at Rachel A. Brune. Um, so, and yeah. you're on
0: you're on Facebook. You on any other Twitter? You on Twitter? I am.
1: Sure, so I'm moving away from Twitter. I am on Facebook. I blame you. <laughs> and uh, I just started a Mastodon profile, um, but I have tried different social media before. So we'll see, like how that works out. <laughs>
0: Well, Rachel, uh, you've just you really surprised me. I, I for how, what people see of who you are, uh, I know. I know you said you're very open and you don't hide anything. But what we see of you, and then what we've talked about, and what you've done, and your talents—it's not just writing. It's you have so many talents and so much experience in your life so far i mean wow I'm, I'm blown away you just amaze me you're amazing you really are oh, i'm blushing you can't see oh. it but I'm blushing. <laughs> oh wow no it's been an honor having you uh as a guest on behind the pen i wish you all the best with your projects and i hope you get this uh, new book out soon because i can't wait to uh, see the werewolf detective <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed this. We've got to do this again.
0: <laughs> hey, folks, you're listening to the podcast Behind the Pen. Behind the Pen brings you fun and entertaining interviews by amazing creatives. And if you'd like to support and keep the podcast going, you can donate via my Linktree page. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot e backslash Karina Gantas or small letters. Every dollar helps me share my platform with these amazing artists. Don't forget to follow, like and review the podcast. Your support means everything.